Matthew chapter 12. And we're reading from verse 9 onwards. Matthew 12. From 9 onwards. Now when he had departed from there, he went into the synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is it that there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not lay hold of it and lift it out? And of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. It was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. Praise be to God. Now, here in this section we're seeing a group of people who are coming to Jesus Christ. And they're coming to Jesus Christ with a question. And the question looks like it's a legitimate question, but when you look at it, the Bible says that their intentions were really wrong. The question that they asked is not for them to know the will of God. The question they asked was to see how they can trap the Son of God. Now there are people like this moved by the demonic spirits who come into the synagogue then ask questions as if it's a real question but moved by the enemy to trap the Lord to trap Jesus Christ who is giving the word there to see how they can catch him with a question they asked now as they are asking this question Jesus is looking at something here he says okay you ask the question I'm going to demonstrate something here and while this question was asked Jesus Christ does something I want to go back to verse 9 and I want to read it again he had departed from there and he went into their synagogue like a church and there was a man who had a withered hand there's a man who's sitting there he had a problem with his hand that means he couldn't use his hand and they asked him saying is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath as Jesus Christ is there they understood they knew that this Jesus anytime he heals he sees someone who's sick anytime he sees someone who is oppressed anytime he sees someone who has a problem he's going to do something about it so let's trap him in his good works see when you see someone doing good your heart should say oh God thank you that there's someone who is actually bringing relief to someone else there's someone here who is spending their life on saving somebody or delivering somebody or healing somebody when God is working who will actually go against the work of God who it's not the spirit of God it's a spirit that works against the kingdom of light the demonic spirits that works against the kingdom of light will always move through people. You won't see like God is working and then Satan comes and says all of a sudden in a big black image and says, Hey, I'm going to stop your work. No. It goes into people. 
just like how the Spirit of God moves upon people and uses people to bring people, to deliver people, to heal people. Satan also uses evil spirits to go inside people, to go and cause damage to people, to God's work, especially to God's people. Now we see here, as Jesus came here intentionally to do the work of God, you see Satan moving some people, bringing them where? Right to the synagogue and trying to question him about something to trap Jesus Christ. Now when this happens, see how Jesus handles this. Jesus Christ says, verse Let's read from verse 10. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? It's not that that they might have Jesus heal the man. But they might accuse him. Their motive was wrong. their, Their question was wrong. Everything about them was wrong. Because Satan who is the accuser. Accuser of the brethren went into these people to accuse Jesus Christ. Accusatory spirits come from the pit of hell. And when the accusatory spirit moves a person to go against God, go against the work of God, go against the servants of God, go against what God is doing, you know that it is moving forcefully against God himself. Because the miracles and healings come from the hand of God. It cannot happen by human beings. It happens from God and God alone. And so Jesus is saying this, verse 11, he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not lay hold of it and lift it out? Now Jesus is saying this to these people because these people are used to doing this. If they have an animal and that animal falls into a pit, they go and they rescue it. You know why? Because that animal is useful for them. See, it's all about them, right? It's amazing how God gave this section. I was sitting there, I was praying and I didn't get the word. I prayed, Lord, I need the word for the people. And I came and the Lord brought the song to me, take my life and I sang the song. Even while I'm singing, God didn't give the word. And from there the Lord took me to, Lord say a word. While I was singing that, the Spirit of the Lord told me, go into this chapter. Because God has a word for us today. The Spirit of God is speaking to us at this hour. When people are self-oriented, they go after what they want. Whether it's a sheep or a rooster or whatever it is that falls on a Sabbath day, they say, I will go and get it. I will go and bring that because you know what? I need that because it benefits me. It benefits me. We live a me-centered, me-society, self-centered, selfish society. Without Jesus, every human being is like that. But with Jesus, nobody should be like that. Everyone should be God-centered. So Jesus bring that example. What is that? Do you know when it's Sabbath and you say that you shouldn't do anything, but what are you actually doing? When an animal falls in there, you go when you get that. Because it's your animal. You need it. How much more, if you're doing that for an animal that you need, how much more, God is saying here, the Lord Jesus Christ, value is than man than a sheep. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So God is saying here, you guys are looking at this man who has a withered hand. And you're trying to ask me that, is this lawful? Is this lawful to heal on the Sabbath? That means to, to bring healing and deliverance to this man who has a problem with his hand. Understand this, sickness does not come as a result of a blessing. 
There are types of sickness that God will allow for God's glory that is different. Even then, there's only a time period for it. Indefinite sickness is not God glorifying. If God allows it, there's a time frame for it. Apart from that, apart from God glorifying, purpose driven infirmity that God allows for God's glory to be revealed, apart from that, sickness when it comes, it comes through the enemy. Where he comes and he places people, or places people with sickness, or places sickness upon people I should say. So, a woman who was bent over, she could not get up. Jesus went and he healed her. He says that this devil, this sickness, this infirmity was upon her. Kept her stooped down all these years. When Jesus came, when he says, woman thou art loosed. And he loosened her. That whatever demon that was sitting there, giving that pain over there on her spine area, whatever it is. Causing her not to lift herself up was gone. So anytime we see in the Bible where Jesus did healings and miracles, we see that the kingdom of God came down there. The kingdom of God came down there. Why? Because up until then the kingdom of darkness was there. You have people with this sickness and that sickness and this sickness and that sickness. And what did the enemy do? He bound them to pain. He bound them to impotency. He bound them to a whole bunch of things so that they may not be useful to God. Do what God wanted them to do. So if Jesus comes and if he heals this man with a withered hand, whatever demon was causing that withered hand had to leave. When that leaves, God's kingdom comes there. When God's kingdom, kingdom comes there, then that demon leaves. So what happens? No more demonic reign in that area. So what happens? That means God's reign is there. That means the kingdom of God is expanding in that place. Any place God heals and delivers, God's kingdom is invading. Satan's kingdom is losing ground. Whatever sickness they had, those sickness go because God came there. Jesus is saying this. Because of the healing that will take place here, the kingdom of God will come there. It's not about just, oh, having a sheep or a donkey or whatever that falls into a ditch. I take it because I need it, because it'll be useful for me, because I don't want to lose it. Jesus says, human soul, human suffering is something that I cannot stand. Human suffering is something that I cannot stand. How much more you look at that human being, look at that man's hand, look how long he's been suffering, and look at the pain, and look how long he's not able to use that. Look at the reproach, look at all these things he is going through. Now you tell me that I can't bring God's kingdom down to where he is, where I am, where you are, so that that man can be made whole. So that whatever was locking him can be removed from his life. Jesus Christ is asking them this question. Now, he's saying something here. But after that he's going to do something. Because saying is one thing. Doing is another thing. But with Jesus saying and doing are the same thing because he is the word of God. He has power in his word. It's very different than... A human being would just go and say, well, you can do these things and stretch forth your hand and say that and see what will happen. The hand will stay the same way. 
But because Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the word of God went and stood before him. He had the genuine compassion for that man who was bound for so long. Who was not able to live his life in a God glorifying manner. Jesus said, I'm going to do something for you today. I'm going to do something for you today. God is speaking to our hearts today. He's saying the same thing that he said to this man and to the people. First thing he says, I care about you. I care about you. I care about what is restricting you. I care about what is constraining you. I care about whatever the enemy is doing to stop you from fully being used by God. Every part of your body should be used by God. One area is dominated by Satan. God says, no, 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 no. I don't want this like this. I want God's kingdom to invade every part of your being. God is speaking to the hearts of this hour. Whatever area it may be. Whatever may be happening in your life. Whatever may be happening in your family. Whatever it may be. Don't let the enemy say that. Oh, I don't matter. You do matter. You matter to God. You do matter to God. God says this. How much more value than... Put your name over there. Are you? How much more value... How much more worth? How much more valuable are you? More than what the human beings try to value. There's a very important point that God is saying at this hour. Human beings place their worth on things that don't really matter. God placed his worth on that which matters. You know what that is? It's you. God says you're more valuable than these. And he looked at the sparrows and he looked at the human beings and he said, you're more valuable than these. Now he is looking at these people and he's saying, hey, the, the ox and the sheep and all these things that you value, but you don't value the human beings. He says, human beings are more valuable than these. And I don't want to see this person suffer again. Whatever you may be going through. Our God cares about you. Never let the enemy say to you ever again that this is not a big thing for God. If it concerns you, it is a big thing for God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Whatever it may be, whatever it may be, put your name in this place and read the scripture again. How much more of how much more value then are you? Oh, Put your name over there. You are so valuable to God. So valuable to God. So valuable to God. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on God's day. Why? Because that is God's wish. Sabbath is made for man. God said, there's a day you rest. One day you give to God and you rest. And you rest in Him. And God says, that's one day. Use that day to do good. Use that day to do good. You know why? As you do good, it'll do good to your soul. It'll do good to your soul. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. On the Sabbath, Jesus said, it's good for me to heal the sick.
God's heart is to heal. Whether it's emotionally, whether it's spiritually, whether it's mentally, whatever it may be. God wants to heal. God wants to heal. Our God is a God who heals. He sets the captives free. And the Lord is looking into it today and He says, I value you. Man may value other things. For him, his sheep, his donkey, his cow, his camel, his car, his house, all those things are valuable. But God says to me, what can it, what can man give in exchange for his soul? Even if he gains the whole world, that means he's saying, the worth of man is greater than the worth of the whole world. That's why God so loved you, he gave his only begotten son. And God says, not only for the remission of your sins, but also for the healing of your body. Whatever it may be, God says, because he loves you. Because you're more special and more important than what human beings value. I pray that you understand what the Spirit of God is saying at this hour. Human beings, their priority is different a lot of times. This is mine, I like this. This toy, this is mine, I like this. And many times people may see that. You don't see me. You don't see what my need is. God says, I see. His value system is different. God says, I see you for who you are. Not as how man sees. Man sees material things. And man places value on people based upon what they can get from them. That's scary. If people come to you because of what they can get from you. It's very scary because when you don't have it, that's it for you. But God is not like that. Praise be to God. Thank God. He's not like that. He values us for who we are. Because He made us with love. God made us with love. Think about this. He made Adam and He breathed into Adam. Think about it. How much love with, how much love would God would have breathed into Adam? His own living breath. God of heaven and earth to stoop to that ground where He laid the clay doll. And He breathed into that clay doll that He made. To make man into a living soul. How this God of heaven and earth. Who created the world with this word. He stood so low. Humbled himself. With such love and affection. He went so close to that man. And he breathed his living breath into the nostril of man. Man became a living soul. That is God's love. God so loved us and he loves us. We must understand the love of God. We must understand God's love. We must know that this God who entered into that temple, He entered into the temple with this purpose which is, I want to heal on the Sabbath day. God wanted to heal on the Sabbath day. Every time we come to the presence of God, we need to know, God when He comes here, He comes to heal. He comes to heal. On the Lord say, God is coming to heal. Do we value ourselves enough to say that God wants to heal me? I want to be healed too. 
If he wants it, I want it too. If he says, I want this for you, I say, I want what you want, Lord. How many of us can say, Lord, I want what you want. We should never say that, well, you want it, Lord, but you want to give, you give. If you don't want to give, that's okay. When he says, I want to give you, we need to say, that's what I want, Lord. And we should never be like the hypocrites who come and say, I have a question, I want to ask you something. But their motive is wrong. Our motive should be right. Every time we come to God, we say, Lord, if I come to you and I say, Lord, say a word, that means I should be ready to do what he's telling me to do. Otherwise, I'll be found as hypocrite before God Almighty. Now, Jesus says this. Stretch out your hand. He looked to this man who had this withered hand. And he looked to this man and told him to do something that he was not able to do. This guy was not able to do something. Humanly, it was impossible. God is looking to this man and he's telling him, stretch out your hand. Think about this. Someone who was not able to do something. And we don't know exactly how that hand even looked. Obviously, it was an impossible thing. That's why these people, Pharisees, they came to Jesus and tried to trick him with that question. Now Jesus is looking at this man and he is saying this. He is saying a command. And his command was, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Think about this. As soon as this man heard this word of God, stretch out your hand. What did he do? But, 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 Lord, you see my hand. Oh, poor me. Oh, but, Lord, please, I can't do it. Don't embarrass me in front of people. No. What did he do? He stretched it out. See, faith, when it goes into you, it'll make you do that which you cannot do. That's what faith is. Faith will cause you to extend that which you don't have. Faith will cause you to push when you really can't. Faith will cause you to do what you cannot do. That's what faith is. If this man is saying, if this man, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying something to a man who really cannot do something. And the man who really cannot do something hears it and he actually initiates doing that. Think about something that happened inside of that man who had the withered hand. Obviously he was sitting there because he heard about Jesus. He heard that he can heal. And he came there and he said, I am coming, I am coming so that I can be made whole. And when I come and sit here, he's going to say something. He's going to do something. When I go back home, I am not going to have this problem anymore. So he had this in his mind day and night when he was coming. We don't know whether he slept the previous night or not. Thinking that, oh, I'm going to go to see Jesus and Jesus is going to come heal me. And when I come home tomorrow, I'm going to have my both hands like this walking and saying, oh, I can use both my hands. And all the things that he could have thought the previous night, God only knows. That's what faith is. He came with that faith. You know how? When Jesus said, he did it. His faith was like this, not somewhere over there. Where Jesus has to go, you know, the olden days, um... The bicycle pump, you'll know, pump and pump and pump and pump and pump and pump and the more you keep pumping, the tire will go like a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. You see like, okay, okay, more, 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 keep pumping. When God speaks, our faith should go up. 
We shouldn't wait until God speaks. One more word and he speaks. One more word. It's like pump a little more Lord. Pump a little more. As you keep pumping, my faith will arise. And after a few minutes, if the Lord doesn't pump, it goes on again. Our faith should never be like that. Our faith should be so fast that when God speaks, to make contact with the anointing of God. And what will really help you is hear what He has said that He has done already. Somebody came and told Him lots and lots of stories of what Jesus did. They said, hey, whatever His name was. They went and told Him, do you know that this Jesus healed the blind? Do you know this guy who couldn't see all of a sudden he started hear, seeing? Oh, do you know this guy who couldn't hear? All of a sudden he started hearing. Do you know this guy who couldn't walk? All of a sudden he walked. He said, really? He said, I think you, your hand can get well. He said, really? He can look at his hand and say, and you know, and what else happened? He would have told him testimony after testimony after testimony. This is the power of testimonies. The more you share testimonies, what, does, what do they do? They raise the faith of people. If they are true testimonies. It will raise the faith of people. And as this guy heard it, he knew that this can happen to me too. So he would have gotten up, just like the blind Bartimaeus who was sitting there. I can't wait for Jesus to go by the side. When he goes, I am going to see. And you know, he might have not even had the experience of what it meant to see. But you know what, in his mind, he's already seeing. He's already thinking, I will see and then I will go to the store and I will see the kids and I will do this. and That's what faith is. Faith is expecting God to do what you're expecting for. And preparing yourself to receiving what God has. It takes preparation. I want to say it again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Faith is expecting what God has to do for you whatever you're expecting for, but you really expect that to happen. See, you're expecting something, right? So you say that, Lord, I want this. That's something that you're asking. Anyway, asking, while asking, you're expecting God to do it, but if you really don't believe it, then it's really not the expectation that you should have. The expectation is you say, Lord, I want you to do this. And at the same time, you believe that he has done it. And you start thinking, when it's done, how it will be. That's what faith is. Faith is acting upon what God can do. Thinking that he has done it. And rejoicing as if it is done. I want to say it one more time as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Faith is seeing what God can do with the eyes of faith. Expecting what God, you, what you want God to do. And with that expectation, now you begin to actually see that it is done. Not that it will be done, but it is done. That means you begin to see. You begin to see. We go by what God has shown. And we know that when God has said it will happen, it will happen. And that's what we have in front of us. Not according to what Satan may project, not according to what human beings may say, not according to what even our own minds can say. Oh, you have to put them all down. And you have to go by what God says. So in your own life, whatever needs to happen, you need to start looking at what you are actually asking for as if it is done. You have to bring it before you. But when you see what God is showing, you know, I don't go by what I see, 
I go by what he has done and I go by what he has shown that he's going to do. This is who our God is. This is who our God is. Abraham believed what God said and he just held on to that. He held on to that and he held on to that. And he God said, go here. He held on to that and he went. He said, go here. He held on to that and he went. And he said, go here. He held on to that. Anywhere God told him to move, he did not leave what God promised. It's very important. No matter what you go through, no matter which direction you take, you need to hold on to what God has given and say, wherever I go, I need to hold on to what God has given. And I need to keep that safe and I need to keep it before my eyes. Keep what God has promised before you. Keep what God has promised before you. And see the way you are expecting God to do it for you. That's what faith is. Now this man had the expectation, obviously. He came with an expectation that when he leaves the place that he's going to go. And imagine how he would have been sitting when the people are asking this question. He's saying, soon, 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 Jesus, soon, soon. I can't wait for you to tell me. To, to, let's, you know, they themselves started this topic. You know, he would have never thought. He would have thought Jesus will heal all the people. Maybe he'll come to me. And he's like a surprise and shocked because the Pharisees are suddenly asking, what are you going to do about this fellow on this day? And he said, oh my God, oh, somebody opened the topic and he's so happy. And now God looks at him and he says, stretch out your hand. You know how quickly he did it? The Bible says, he stretched it out. Faith, that's faith. That's faith. No hesitation. There's no hesitation when it comes to faith. Write this down. When you have faith, there'll be no hesitation in doing what God tells you to do. When God tells you to do, when God says, I can do it, I can do it. There's no hesitation. You know, have you seen babies? Little ones. One year old. Barely walking. You put them on something and you tell them, jump. Mommy will hold you. Jump. And you know, they don't think twice. They just give a big smile and they just drop themselves. That's what faith is. Because they know you have the ability to catch. They know that. They trust you. They know that you can catch them. They don't think for a second, what if my mom is weak and she's not able to catch? You know, who thinks all those things when you get a little older and you think you're a little smarter and you think that I can reason. That's when there's room for unbelief. Jesus said, when your faith is like that of a little child, God says, you can move mountain. You can enter into the kingdom of heaven. When your faith is like that little child, when God says, jump, Jesus looked at Peter and he said, come on Peter, walk on water. And Peter said, let me come in like a little child. He just put his leg, foot right on that water. Then after that, all of a sudden he became a man. He said, oh, what's going to happen? I'm going to sink. And he just went down. If you have just done like that baby, he would have continued walking all the way to Jesus. That's what faith is. Faith does not go by reasoning. Faith does not go by circumstance. Faith doesn't go by what someone else says. Faith goes by what God's word says. And faith just acts upon God's word. God is speaking to our hearts today. Whatever God has said, believe it, think upon it, and act on it. Think upon it and act on it. That means once God has told you something and he has spoken something about it, prepare yourself for it. That's what God is speaking today. Prepare yourself for what God wants to do for you based on what you're asking. Prepare yourself. It has to be within God's will. And if it is God's will, when God says, stretch out and you're coming and you know that God wants to heal me. Healing is from God and God wants to heal me. You have to prepare yourself and you say, I prepare and I think, 
When he heals, how it will be? And now I'm going to see myself that way. And when I'm asking God for something, and I'm going to see myself that way, I'm going to say, God, I know you can do all things, as we said in worship. I know you can do all things. And because you can do all things, what you have said shall come to pass. So I'm going to think the way you think, the way that you promised, and I'm going to act on it, and I'm going to behave that way. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it, and I'm going to think about it. That means you don't think anything negative. That means you don't think anything that is contrary to what God has spoken. You don't think anything that is contrary or say anything that's contrary to what God has spoken or what you're asking God from. Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. What happened when he did? Once he did it, it was restored as whole as the other. Not before that. Not before he stretched out his hands. The Bible doesn't say that his hand was restored as whole as the other hand. And because of that, he was able to stretch out. No, 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 no. When he obeyed the command of Jesus Christ, because he was already, he prepared himself for what God was going to say. He prepared himself for the God moment. Because he had enough testimonies that he heard. And he was believing and not unbelieving. When he went to the presence of God, he became that perfect candidate to receive his healing. When Jesus said, stretch out your hand, he stretched it out and he was restored as whole as the other. When? When he stretched it out. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What God has spoken, he shall bring it to pass. What God has spoken, He shall bring it to pass. No matter how how impossible it may be, no matter how difficult it may appear, no matter how opposite it may look, when you trust God with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding, when you commit your way to God Almighty, and when you trust in Him, and you say, Lord, I know this is who you are, I know that you have done so many things before. And I know you can do the same thing for me. And therefore, I come to you knowing that this is your will for me. And I believe that. And I believe you will do it. And before you even do it, because I believe, I'm going to see it the way when it's completed. That's what faith is. Prepare yourself for what God is about to do. If we can give a title for this message, that's what it is. You prepare yourself for what God is going to do. Between these two lines, or between verse 13 and 12, there's something there. This man who had this withered hand didn't have withered faith. He had a very strong faith. He had a very strong faith. He came with determination. He came with expectation. He already knew, when I go home, I'm going to go home with both my hands. Well, he expected, he thought about it, he wanted it, and he therefore came for it. And he came there, he was waiting for it. When Jesus spoke, he said, that's me, I will do it. And he stretched it out. How eager are you to receiving what God has for you? How eager are you in showing your faith to God? How eager are you in exercising your faith? How eager are you in meditating on God's word? See, when you meditate on God's word, you're going to imagine, you're going to really think. 
you're not going to just psych yourself up. But based on what God said, you're going to see how it'll be when it's done. And you know that He can. And so based on that, you already prepare yourself. You prepare yourself. Mentally you prepare yourself. Physically you prepare yourself. Emotionally you prepare yourself. Based on who God is. Not based on who what your circumstances or what your capacity is but based on who God is and based on your faith in God shall we all close our eyes and look to the Lord thank you Jesus